Interesting. They're a really horny animal. Oh, the sexuals. Yes. We didn't come up with the stripper names. They chose us. Um, Yo, this is your boy, Gilly. Yo, this is Common Conversations. And this is our show about sex, right? Talk about sex. How we're going to journey into this conversation is strictly about what we learned as children, right? If you have children, how do you talk to your kids? How did you introduce them to sexuality as well as sex? I've got my lovely wife. Well, how are we showing up today? I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm All right, a mother. she's a wife and a as mother Tia. today, and we'll introduce her later yeah. as Tia, right? But um, we specifically how we talk to our daughter, how we engage our our daughter. Dr. Ashley over here has two beautiful young boys, and she's gonna talk about how she talked to her two sons, how she's prepping them, hopefully to marry one of y'all daughters out there in the world, and marry you know, not terrorize. Marry not terrorize. Real talk. You better thank her. Um, <laughs> but if you've watched the show, if you listen to it in the podcast spaces that you listen to podcast or if you watch it on any of the social media, you know that this conversation is about everything about health equity as it relates to sexual relations. Um, And I change this narrative every time we do a new episode. I'm kind of excited about that. But as we're going to journey through this, um, let's do our introduction. Shall we shall we do that? And we're just going to kick it off like we normally do it. Like we normally do it. So what's up, y'all? I know you missed me. I wasn't here at the last one, but I'm back. (laughs) Amira Bryant of The Amira Show here in Louisville, Kentucky. We focus on the empowerment of women, sex and sex work, the LGBT plus community, and we like to twerk something. And that's me. Did you just say you twerk like sign? We like the twerk sign. Not something. What's a twerk sign? Or sometimes it's like, is that like half a cheek? That's no. the whole cheek. That's oh. all the cheek. That's all of Every it. Every cheek. <laughs> <laughs> all the cheek. Oh, okay. Twerk song. Twerk song, right. So you work? The, what are you talking about? The twerk I was about to say, we're going to have to remove you from this couch. That's a major control half a cheek. I mean, I've seen some things in my life. You just be a little humble, you know? I just like to twerk a little fun. That's what it was. I'm going to let us introduce this, and I'm going to introduce you to something I saw when I was in college. Oh, my God. I only have a little something, so I always <laughs> but anyway, my name is Reese. I am a PhD student at the University of Louisville in the public health program, and I am a pleasure researcher. Y'all ready for my fun? I'm back? scared. Let's you go. scared of my fun back? Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. She got on orange today. Okay. So let's see. <laughs> Don't take my black card, but I have never seen the movie Brown Sugar. Oh. I won't take it. See, I knew your face. <laughs> I won't shade you, shame you, whatever the I'm word shaming. is. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fun fact for today. Right. So now you have homework. I have homework. Yeah. And I need to watch Team America. Yes, Team America, yes. That's <laughs> a, that is a classic. Yeah. Maybe not for that. black movies, but, but definitely for cool households. Got it. <laughs> I like That's that. Cool households. <laughs> and we have Tia. Tia, would you like to introduce sure, yourself? Who, sure. Tell the audience who you are. I'm Tia Williams Hampton. I am a licensed clinical social worker and a, Ooh, thank you, and a mental health therapist um, in both Indiana and Kentucky. But for today's purposes, I am showing up as a mother um, of an adult young woman who is out in the world at Tennessee State University, you know, just exploring her life. So Love that that's who her. I'm showing and up y'all. as today. You're just telling the world what my baby is. <laughs> Well, she didn't say specific. I'm a, I'm a It's a lot of people's father. babies at Tennessee State. State. Okay, let's yes. get it. Let's go. Somebody already went. Right. They're going to be like, that's all. Uh, that's all right. I taught her how to shoot. Don't play. Um, <laughs> she she not a fighter, but she can kill. Um, let's go. So, well, uh, we, we, we skipped that. No, 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 this is how he does me. No, not like, at all. <laughs> yeah, you really have like to get kicked out strike two. Uh, is, I mean, because this, the last episode when he tried to say, we got a doctor on the couch. Oh, so I ain't been here. You ain't been here. You ain't been here. You ain't been here. You We need to publicly shame you. Tell the world how you Hi, y'all. I'm Dr. Ashley Anderson. It's so lovely to be here with these good people, minus him. And, uh, I'm a women's health nurse practitioner, and I feel like essentially all the things that I do in my life and and most passionate about is empowering and uplifting women, so I'm happy to be here. I'm working on my 35. I think I'm still stuck in childhood right now. You like 12 right now. You got a lot of room to grow. I got a lot of room to grow. He stays in 12. Now we got real... So it's okay, men, when you're in a room and you feel (laughs) flustered, 
Um, and it's still a safe space, but you is know it? your ass is in trouble. Oh, that's um, what you're describing right you t- now. You take your glasses off so you can focus. Are you high? Oh, you don't. Okay. I, don't I mean, yeah. You if Tamika didn't do my makeup, I'd be sweating right now. <laughs> just throw that out there in the world, right? So let's 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 start this conversation in a sense because you know we've been talking about consent, we've talked about pleasure, we've we've talked about all these different elements that we face in life, and we've had expert experts in the room. You know, but more importantly, talking about our kids and in the sense of keeping them safe and empowering them to, one, understand their sexuality, um, understand their body and what is safe or not safe for them specifically. Um, and it starts like we had um, we had uh, Overstreet here mm-hmm. and with Planned Parenthood, and, and she was talking about the different things and how they navigate the school system. I would love to hear more about as parents, right, what we do to prepare our kids so that we're not always relying on outside sources to share things that may not fit our norms, right? Um, And at the same time, we've had an opportunity to explore with each other what we learned as kids, right, which prepped us or did not prepare us um, for who we were going to become adults in this sex life, right, or in our sexual beings in that sense. Um, And so thinking about that, I want to explore um, one question, and I'd love for all of us to jump in here. You know, we talked about it, I think, in the first episode, but just to repeat, you know, when were you first introduced to not sex, but sexuality? When you say sexuality, do you mean sexual orientation or just overall general, this is something in the realm of sex? I'm going to say overall, general, this is something in the realm of sex. Because as a kid, you didn't know what it was. You were, right. It was just nah. an introduction to a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, when, maybe, maybe the idea is, like, when did you realize you were a girl? Mm. And it was different than a boy? Mm. Oh, first grade. First oh, grade? Yeah? First grade, yeah, because he was cute and I liked him. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, so so if you're so we're gonna put gender, you know, in it, then then there's that. But I'm like, well, how how vulnerable or open are we supposed to be? And so there was there were Miguel and I was having a conversation about this, and the first thing that I went to was, well, there was a conversation that me and my father had about sex. But then I'm like, you have to roll it back. I tend to roll things back. And when was my first actual introduction? to sex and feeling something sexual, but I didn't quite understand what that was. And, you know, like, you know how you be over, like, people's houses, and, like, I woke up in the middle of the night and then watching, like, porn. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Boom. Right? And so you don't (laughs) know, like, it's like, oh, and the body responds no matter what. So whether you seven, eight, nine, yes, right? And so so I think if, and I I didn't have honest conversations, like really honest conversations, um, because I had to figure out why it was that I was even starting to have conversations with my dad about things. So my first introduction to that was I liked boys. I knew I liked boys in the the first grade, but Mm -hmm. then, but I didn't feel anything. It was just like, oh, he's cute. But then, you know, inadvertently, so this was not a grooming behavior. This was not anything like that. But I walked in on some stuff I wasn't supposed to walk in on. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. So there's that. (laughs) That just added some shit to the plate. Of course it did. (laughs) (laughs) I I come serving meat. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said. walking in on the porn um, aspect, Mm -hmm. you unlocked a memory for me. I remember um, being at my dad's house and he had a computer. And so I'm looking for the computer games in there and finding a porn CD and being like, oh my God, like knowing Mm -hmm. immediately as a kid, this is not something I'm supposed to be touching or knowing about. Mm -hmm. And I remember I said something to my mom and so then my dad had a conversation with me about like you know I heard you found this and you talked to your mom and I remember being so like embarrassed like oh I don't want to like have this conversation mm-hmm. but it just you just it was like an introduction <laughs> to having a conversation about sex with my dad that neither one of us were prepared for yep. I wasn't prepared wow. to find the CD he wasn't prepared to have yeah. his young daughter find the CD mm-hmm. but right. we're thrust into this conversation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what did you get out of that 
uh, embarrassment. Probably, <laughs> <laughs> I mostly feel like at the time I was like, I don't know, maybe seven, eight. Like I, I wasn't having the like emotional feelings like you were talking about. Like you see body parts and the body responds. I was more just like, this is scary, you know. Um, and my dad is scary because he's a male that engages in this activity. Like I didn't have the the idea of this is just things that humans do. Like to me, it was like, oh, um, you know, I should be afraid because this male figure, authority figure is into sex. And that means they might be into sex with me. And that's scary. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. That's an interesting time. That is. Yeah. I think I found CDs too, mm. but I took them. <laughs> to go sneak and watch later. Mm-hmm. Big booty bitches. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, why was it always the big booty? <laughs> <laughs> what was it about Maybe the they'll put an identifier in there. Black. <laughs> it was. Black. Like, you know, put Black booty jams or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't remember if that, like, I was thinking on the question of when sexuality was introduced to me. I really feel like super early on because every time y'all say something, like, I'd be like, oh, I remember that. Like, the CDs. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I just don't know when. Yeah. I remember walking on my dad. He was, he was bold. He was in the living room on the computer. <laughs> Not the living room. <laughs> he was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. It was awkward for both of us, but half me was like, I already know what's going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think so. I think if my timeline is correct. So I don't know. And I do remember the body feeling what it felt. I think when, I don't, I don't know, like some peers of mine was maybe talking to me in a sexual manner or something like that. Yeah. So that was confusing and, and weird because, um, like, yeah, like you can't control it and it's just happening. And then you're wondering, well, does this mean I'm a woman now? Am <laughs> <laughs> I a grown girl now? Girl, sit down somewhere. <laughs> you don't even know what's happening. So I don't know. I was trying to think on, like, the very beginning of when that happened, but... I feel like it happened early on and it was some sexual experience happening ever since then, at least yearly, monthly or something like that. Either me exploring or being violated by other folks um, or me just accidentally coming upon stuff like walking on my dad, uh, my parents hearing them. Ooh, mm-hmm. And we weren't allowed to have headphones or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, going to bed. We just go to bed. Right. Like, you to be doing. Yeah. <laughs> hearing your parents have sex. So maybe that was it. Because then one day I went to bit. go finally, <laughs> I went to finally like look. And I was like, oh my God, why did I do that? You, you, so you're just naturally curious. I guess so. Yeah, you hear a noise, you run. And be like, what is that? I run to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And be like, oh. Like, no, thank you. Okay. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the thing. I got to learn that now. What is that? What did just happen? Exactly. It's a process. And you I can't talk you. to them about it. One, because I'm going to get in trouble. Like, what okay. the hell was you doing up? And at our door, like, you got a lot to explain. You can't just say, I was curious to know what y'all was doing. You can't yeah. just say that. Mm-hmm. Or at least I couldn't because it was an ass whooping. Right. Gotcha. Um, or a stay in your lane, mind your business type deal. So, or stay in a child's place. Stay in a child's place. And it's just kind of like, but you right here. You and put me in grown funk's business. You, yes. you put yeah. me here. I didn't yeah. ask for this. I can hear your business. Something exactly. that you want is we had this conversation, right, when parents put their kids in, in adult situations but they're not prepared to have adult conversations with their children. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so we, we'll introduce you to something, but we're not going to carry you through it so that you understand what it is. Because then we go figure it out ourselves. Yes. So then we're going to yeah. do our, re- our own research, all the lime wire porn I could get, <laughs> any other CDs I came across, talking to my friends, like, you yeah. know, so I'm doing my best here to maneuver and figure it out. And my mom was most open to talking to me about the stuff. Um, but at a younger age, again, like I said in prior episodes, she was mostly focused on the result of having sex, which just always was, you're going to get pregnant. Yeah, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Pregnant. Gotcha. pregnant. So, Doc, when did you get introduced to sexuality, sensuality, all those things? I feel like it was late. I mean, kind of like what T was saying, I remember in kindergarten, there was like this little boy that I was like, oh, he's cute. I think I like him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that um, was pretty much it. I thank God never walked in on my parents doing anything. Oh. <laughs> Blessings. My God, that's traumatic. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's traumatic. Um, but I, I mean, I, I would say it had to be old, like when I was maybe even in high school. 
Yeah. Because, um, like I mentioned on another episode, I was like the youngest. I was 13 when I entered high school. So I was very behind on doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, and even just listening to some of my peers who have been sexually active and were like, it hurt. I'm like, yeah, not interested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun, yeah. especially in that part. Like, no thanks. Um, so I would I would have to say around high school sometime, but I don't really have like a specific memory or moment where I was just like, huh, this is that. <laughs> That's that That's moment. That's mm-hmm. that moment. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I, about I you? Have a thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go, go. Well, well, you can go. Go ahead. Mine? Man, since the day I was born. Um, okay. So, sensu- sensuality. Mm. Um, wow. Second grade. I, I, one, I knew I loved women. I knew I loved girls. I knew I loved body parts. Um, but then there was Miss Cookie next door. Miss um, Cookie Miss Cookie, like Miss Parker. That's yeah. literally what <laughs> And body shape, face. And then the first time I gave her a hug and she face planted me right in her breast, I was like, yeah, I love women. She face planted you right in her breast or this you story face planted so you coming. right in her yeah. breast? She said, come I don't, here, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because we were trying to find out if Miss Cookie was a predator. Right. <laughs> well, you know what? She was definitely... Um, I was infatuated as a very young kid who didn't know what I was infatuated with. But we also talked about in a few previous episodes. Prior to that, I had already read the Kama Sutra book, right? Before I was in, in, in first or second grade, right? So I had also experienced sexual... I had sexual experiences from adults telling me, you know, that I had a long tongue and so I would make a woman happy, right? So these these things were already implanted in my head. And so my body was already mm-hmm. thinking like, ooh, what can I do? Or yeah. what is this for? And as I journey, unfortunately for me, it's way before high school, right? So as I as my journey begins all through adolescence. So the conversation was never about healthy sex. But the conversation about sex was always in the room, mm-hmm. right? Even even my uncle Johnny, who's not my uncle, but my father's um, best friend, um, who's a crossdresser, and did drag, right? So even being in that room, like we mm-hmm. get introduced to what then was just a gay relationship, um, or was it a gay relationship? So my brother and I, now that my dad is dead, he can't confine or deny. We used to be like, I think dad's gay, but maybe not, because um, his best friend was gay, and he was a, bit, but he he homosexually was. From a standpoint of talking about being homosexual was very abusive, right? So I was a fag by the time I was in third grade because of just my mannerisms, right? So he would go through that journey. So being sexualized or being introduced to that was always, um, and it wasn't until my peer influence developed in around about high school that I was actually introduced to actual sex, right? But then it was, why are you still a virgin, why are you still a virgin? Why are you still a virgin? You should be smashing or you shouldn't be smashing or you, you know, that so that conversation happens. Um, it feels so violent. But yeah. You should be smashing. Like, yeah. who wants <laughs> that? <laughs> that should come that is, so it is violent. It does not sound like a pleasurable experience. It doesn't. It Travis doesn't. Porter run into that pussy like a crash dummy. What? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, no, not at all. No, so, yeah, my, my journey is, I think, a, maybe it's common to everybody else, but unique to me in that sense. Um, so, sensual, you know, being sensual and being sexual has always been there, right? So, thought. Well, well, that was, you know, Miguel's talked about this stuff a, a lot. And in this, this conversation has evolved because before it was, yeah, this used to happen and that used to happen and that used to happen. And I'm like, you were really exposed like to sex really early, like on a consistent basis. Yeah. And he hadn't seen it really as a violation. Mm-hmm. It was so normal. Mm-hmm. It was so incredibly normal. But then like when I, co- I compared our experiences, so how did, how did we start off here? So my first sex talk was with my father. Not my wow. mother. My mother didn't even tell me about my period. Like mm-hmm. nothing. Like it was nothing in she my body. She just you got it? No. I don't, I don't know if I ever told her. Like oh. I, when I did oh. come out, I told my father. Uh-huh. Got you, got you. I told my father because my father had a friend, had a 17-year-old daughter, and she had gotten pregnant, and he was mortified. His dream for us was that we would graduate high school, go off to school, and I mean, he had a very interesting life. So he wanted a, definitely a, a dream here. And so he sat me down, and he said, Tia Mick, I need to tell you about sex. And he started off like this. Boys 
have urges. Because he's a boy. Mm-hmm. My, my daddy was, but he was also very respectful of me. My father had always created space for us to communicate. He had always created just a respectful space. And he was so nervous about this. And so he said, boys have urges. And these are the kinds of things that boys may do to try and get you to have sex with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want you to get pregnant. I don't want you to get diseases. So it, it was like this could happen. It was kind of rudimentary um, because he's not inside of a girl's body. So, right. you know, he does one of my, and I'll talk about Suge later. You know, one of the things that I came up with, Suge was like, oh, girl, your body will betray you. My daddy didn't tell me my body would betray me off of a kiss. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. But as he but as he just kind of unfolded that, like we continued to just have conversations. So by the time I was in middle school, seventh grade, most of my friends were sexually active, not me. Um, but I knew by the time I hit high school, I remember being on the bus. And I don't know why am I thinking about this on the bus? I was like, I'm a freshman. This is the year I'm going to lose my virginity. Okay, let's go. Why did I think that? You know, right, but all of my friends have been talking about this, and it wasn't about pain. It wasn't about anything. It was like, I got my boyfriend. You know, we did it. And da da da. And I'm like, oh, like, where's your boyfriend? I live in Indiana. You know, her boyfriend's in Louisville, so she got a cool dude in Louisville. And, And so, right, so this is being in that moment at the time. So I knew hitting high school, so I lost my virginity when I was 15 and I mean, it was cool. I mean, he hadn't slept with anybody. I hadn't slept with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do need to say this. I think the fact that I had a very, very respectful, present dad allowed me one to give myself permission to say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And what it also allowed me to do was I'm a feel person. If some don't feel right. Yeah. Like, and so if you don't have if you don't have the experience of having somebody treat you well, mm-hmm. you kind of don't have you may not have that idea of you don't have a basis. Right. You don't have a basis like this don't feel right because it don't feel like that. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but but I didn't know that would be useful actually until later when I had experiences like I'm about to walk into some mess. Yeah, I'm about to walk into some mess, so I need to make a decision. But I know I kind of took that somewhere. Nah, but let's go. Uh-huh. I mean, I think these are things that people need to hear. And I think as we share our experiences, those who are watching or listening may have a moment be like, "Aha!" You know mm-hmm. what I mean? This is that maybe this is why I think the way I think and the way I process the way I process. Um, but at the same time, this also leads to like discussion of you know why I raised or why I thought I was raising my daughter or sharing what my daughter what I felt was going to be a protective space for her and a knowledge space for her. And, and, it's, and it's a challenge when you have a two-parent household because we have to come together to, to introduce a thing. And then if, we don't, if you don't know your backgrounds, then that can also become conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm introduced to rape and child molestation early in life. So the only thing I can think about in the beginning of my kid coming into this world is protect. So how do I teach her to protect herself? How do I protect her? And so right. in that process, it, be, it, it begins with, you know, well, she's a girl. Girls have a vagina, boys have a penis. Let's work through that process, mm-hmm. right, early, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, Tia is, Tia is good at doing what Tia does in, in that sense. I, I even remember, um, so Suge might be maybe two. Nah, she was pre-potty training. So whatever this, this phase where she, we were getting to do potty training and, you know, she always used to walk in on me when I was using the bathroom. And at first I was like, oh, this is bad. You shouldn't see me pee. And it was Miss Darlene mm. and our, 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 our caretaker, whatever you call Miss Darlene, Please like our other mother or, you know, whatever. Um, she was like, you know, Gail, it's, it's OK. Mm. Let her come into the bathroom and see you pee. Mm-hmm. And I was like, isn't that weird? She's like, nah, boys have a penis. I was like, yeah, we went through that journey. Ah, it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. There's nothing yep. there's nothing related to sex in this space, right? right We're yeah. talking about, you know, gender, you know, our gender positions. Okay. So and then also it came on, she said, Hey, you know, if you want a potty trainer, why don't you start sitting down and peeing? So she can see what you do because she's going to mimic that. Now, later on in life, she tells me, she said, yeah, daddy, I remember the first time I tried to stand up and pee. And then she was like, yeah, girls can't do that. Yeah, didn't we all try that? I did. 
Yeah. I did until I was grown. <laughs> and I made it work. <laughs> you have to like squat over the toilet. No, right you, just, your you just pull your clit up. You just treat it like a dick and aim. Man, that's so, I've again, never heard that before in my life. Right? Yes. And, and I love the fact that you will absolutely go down the journey. Listen, sometimes you just be in predicaments like, okay, what if I try it like this? Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah so I think I think about that and and you know, so I'd, I'd even be curious to hear how y'all approach it. Definitely the two mothers sitting here because you have two boys um, and you having adult, you know, adult um, daughter woman. Um, you know, what was what was the purpose and what, that step that you realized, like, I need to teach my kid both about their sexuality and then also, you know, I, like, Suge and I don't, we talk about sex around about but not directly. And I remember, and I'll preface this and then I'll, I'll drop it, I remember sitting in a room with us, and I've said this before, where we, you know, I've always made the assumption that women talk to their daughters about sex and you know, the more we keep talking to women, the more I keep talking to women, and I keep talking about sex, I am realizing that mothers can do a very horrible job about preparing their daughters, you know, for this life. And I, and I wonder, too, right, this, this is a double-edged thing, because if we're not preparing our daughters, what are we doing to our sons? And I grew up in a single-parent household for the most part, and I can tell you my fathers, all of them were really horrible and prepping me for how to deal with a woman. So I, I'll put that there and think about, you know, what did you do different with Suge? Um, and what have you? What are you planning to do with your boys? Um, and then y'all can chime in, too. Um, what was done with us? Right, right. <laughs> I'm not planning on having those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> you go, boo, boo, boo. Oh. Well, I mean, the first thing that I, I did differently was be a mom that talked to my daughter, mm-hmm. you know, about sex. Again, when I started having sex, first person I told was actually my brother, who then went and told my mother. Um, <gasps> and then it was this race around the house. It was this race around the house because my brother was afraid I was going to meet some, sorry, some dog ass dude and get pregnant. So he tells my mother, who had never talked to me about sex, I'm racing through the house to go tell my dad. Mm. I was like, Daddy. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And I told him and he just said, wow, wow. And so what I wanted to do was be a mother who actually talked to my daughter about sex. And I had to check with Suge last night. I said, how did, how did we actually go about it? Right, right. Because when you're having a real conversation, yeah. you know, this, this is real because it's like, did you sit down and do this? And mm-hmm. she said, she said, before I started having sex or 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 after. And she said it came in. It came in spurts. Okay. It came in. It came in spurts. So it was. So the, let me back up. I feel like I always have to back this up. When she was about eight or nine years old, I was in a class, and it had a list of things that parents do to their children to actually cause them to feel like they can't be themselves. Mm. And I saw like eight or nine things on this list that I was doing trying to be a good parent. Oh, All these okay. don't messages mm-hmm. trying to be a good parent. And I come home and I talk to her and I said, "Should do I do this? This? This?" this and this and kids are really great and she said she said yes mom you, know, you do do that sometimes uh-huh. so we kind of went into how it made her feel we created something called honesty moments and uh, and I put it in the box I said you can say whatever it is you want to say she's like whatever I said yeah and she said I'm sorry Heather's a bitch oh. I said Okay, okay, Heather. Heather's a, Heather's Heather, a bitch. I hope you felt that. Okay, <laughs> Heather, Heather, Heather's, Heather's a bitch. You're eight years old. Okay, all right, all right. But, 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 just in that moment, because I'm like, we're gonna close up the box. You can't be going around the house calling people bitches. Because <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's a that's a that is a value in our in our house, you yeah. know, right? But if you want that honesty moment, yeah. you know, let's let's do that. And what that did is that it helped her to feel that she could come to me with anything. Um, even if she's uncomfortable with it, it's still right. a, you know, right. It, it's not, it doesn't always feel comfortable, but it, you can make it safe, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. safe means I am not going to reject or shame you. Mm-hmm. I am not going to reject or shame you. So when she started and started liking this little boy, so we started off with, so did you kiss him? Mm-hmm. This was me. Did you kiss him? <laughs> 
And she was like, right. No, she was like, like, she's like, it's like, yeah, mom, I did. And so I kind of went into what that experience was like, mm-hmm. and and things like that. So so it just kind of came in in spurts in terms of like different levels of stuff. You know, how did you, you know, how did you feel? And that's kind of when that whole that whole okay, if it felt good, I get that. It's like, but Suge, your body will betray you sometimes. So I need you to think. Uh-huh. And so we so we do talk about things like you know, consent. And also there was just so many lessons. So I'm sorry, I'm just going to go back and forth because I don't want to like go ahead of things. So we got, I mean, we're going to wrap up here in a little while, but we might run a little longer just for this conversation. So go ahead, share. Well, I'm, well, it, and it was also things like, because I was trying to preempt things. So in my head, I was thinking I was 15 when I had sex. So I'm waiting for her to come to me and say, yeah. Mom, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm doing it. And so I'm, t- I'm teaching her things like so I was a part of a group called Young Life here. It was a it was a church group and it was actually the coolest sex talk that I'd ever had, like from a church group. And so okay. the guy said, he said, you know what? Look, he said, let's talk about sex. And he said, he said, people just think it's all about your body. But he said, really, it's about like two spirits, two energies actually becoming one. Mm-hmm. And he said, so sometimes if you're if you're having a lot of sex, that's cool. You can enjoy that. But he said, sometimes it can feel very empty at the end. Right. So it's not just a body thing. Yeah. He said it's a spirit thing. He's like, so you just think you're having sex, you know, with 10, 12 people and it feels good and it felt good. But then later you feel empty and you all emptied out because you got pieces of yourself. Yeah. And then you've also taken on somebody else's energy, too. Mm-hmm. So he's saying just be mindful that it's not just a body thing. So these were things that I was talking about, her, which she did not get it, of course, because she's not having sex at the time. But I'm trying to cram this stuff in because I'm like, tomorrow she's going to come and say that, you, you know, her Josh got it in and I'm like down, yes yeah <laughs> but but that did not happen until until later and I'm glad that she had that reference you know yeah. because a lot a lot of times it's like they got to get into that experience before they get the lesson yeah. so mm-hmm. it's like I'm giving the lesson and they don't get it she don't yeah. get it but once she got into the experience the lesson made sense it, it, it makes a lot of and doc I want to hear from you if you don't mind but it makes a lot of sense I think for a lot of people pre-education Right. When you give somebody information, a lot of times they don't know what they do with it until they get into a situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when we don't educate, even for true. us, like when we're, so if we're not per- if we're not educating our children, right, we're not prepping them for what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, Doc, I want to hear from you. And then I'll share a story mm-hmm. as well. Go. What are you thinking, boys? Because you got young boys, mm-hmm. right? Really young. And, so I'm over here. I'm over here taking notes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you write yeah. that honesty moment? I sure did. <laughs> 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 I'm with two stars. Okay. <laughs> I needed some of those honesty moments. Right. Right. I guess I could say. I mean, I've said before that right now. Um, it's important for me to create a space where they feel comfortable talking to me and asking questions. Um, like I mentioned, uh, my oldest is, has clearly found his penis and likes to touch it. And, mm-hmm. and we, you know, just create boundaries around where it's appropriate to do that. Um, and then who's allowed to touch and see it and who's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I can speak on my desire yeah. for as they get older because, um, you know, being a clinician in a space where moms bring their daughters to talk about sex and birth control and those kinds of things, yeah. I want to be that mom. Like, I want to be the mom that they trust to be in that space and have, like, intimate conversations with them for, so that they feel prepared right. um, when their body betrays them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Because uh, little girls to. are choosing early these days. Yes. I'm not here for none of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> none. Um, But I want them to, you know, I want them to have sex when they feel ready, not when they feel pressured because their peers are doing it or because they don't want someone to tell them, like, well, why ain't you Mm -hmm. done this, that and the other? I want them to be cognizant of the importance of sex and and how it, you know, can intertwine spirits and energies and all of those things and let them make the decision who they feel is worthy of that and make sure that they understand that, you know, it's a gift. You're giving a piece of you to someone make sure that she deserves that. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, 
you know, my dream is for my son to be like, nah, mama, she's not poised enough, or she's not. That's why they gotta be around these pageant girls. Yes. <laughs> I gotta know how to pick. Yes. Yes. I all of it. All of it. You're not realizing every step. So you is, remember yeah. that time, Atlas, when you were sitting at the pageant, and I was like, see, look, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. No, but but truly, <laughs> um, but for real. I I really want them to um, feel like they can talk to me about all of the things. So nothing is off limits. I feel comfortable and confident. Know that they have support. I I wonder about other dads because I know I know these are spots where sometimes I got it wrong because. You know, I I do things subliminally, right? And I don't always explain the reason why I'm doing a thing. And so I don't think my daughter always understood mm-hmm. at the time why I was what I was or yeah. what I was doing. That's usually how it goes. Um, yeah. And so, but I, I learned later, now that she's 19 years old, like some of the some of the lessons were like, oh shit, okay, dad, now I get it. Mm-hmm. And I understand that part, right? Like when I was young, I didn't. Um, so I, I think sometimes for parents, like if it's just an advice, you know, clarity is and clarity is super important. But you know, coming from a space of trauma and understanding that you know I had kids in my family when we were kids who were getting raped and molested, mm-hmm. you know, that's my sex experience, right? Before ever having sex, and then thinking about my kid, like, man, I got to protect you from all the predators, right? And and how do you there. do that without really disclosing? real information or real stories like why do I not let you see your uncle why do you we don't go to grandma's house or why we don't do things like this when certain people are in the room I'm not telling them why because I'm thinking you know she's not old enough or she can't quite figure that part out um but at some point we did get to that point where I was disclosing um but it took a while you know but so what I did create were these little subtle rules it probably could have been better explained later, but we don't know what we're doing when we're doing it. Right. But I used to tell Suge when she was little, no matter where you go, you can always come home, mm-hmm. right? So when the moment comes, you're uncomfortable, you call dad no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. And so even in this life, I say the same thing at 19. Like, you're somewhere, and you no longer want to be there, and mm-hmm. you can't leave. You come get dad. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going to get you. Now, if somebody right. hurts you, just understand who your dad is later, so that's the thing you don't want to do, fathers, too. Like, don't teach your kids violence. Like, you can be a violent person mm-hmm. because that creates a distrust in them as well. Like, mm-hmm. they want you to save them. They may not want you to hurt who hurt them, mm-hmm. right? Because that hurt you. And they, because they're not rationalizing the hurt, right? It might just be a broken heart. Mm-hmm. It might just be bad words, And that's right? just added trauma. Yeah. So it's, it's important how you navigate this um, in the space of sensuality, sex, and, and these things. But these are lessons I had to learn mm-hmm. as we journey with her. Um, can we but, explore a little bit, like, I know we've talked a lot about daughters, too, yes. but can we kind of talk about, like, dads and sons? Because I hear, I have heard on multiple occasions um, just some trash that dads are telling their kids about, like, oh, go have sex with as many girls as you want to while yeah. you're young, and, like, you don't have to settle down or whatever, and I feel like that's trash because you're also... Not only are you potentially traumatizing this child because now he's out here putting himself at risk, potentially right. having children with all sorts of random people. Mm-hmm. And, and But then what is that doing to women? Like these future, yeah. these girls will grow up to be women who have been traumatized by this little boy that you gave permission to act a fool. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I think we just need to do better. We do. Like I, but I come from a traumatized male experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't even talk to men until I was probably 30. Mm. Right. So, you know, my, 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 all my fathers did. My mother was married four times. So three, I basically have three fathers who raised me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So if I go down that journey, you know, my father, who was, I would say, physically and mentally abusive um, and sexually inappropriate. Right. But he would say things like that, like, you know, it's a conquest. Knock it out. You know, do your thing. Go get your girl. It's okay to kiss. Are you fucking yet? Like, these are these are real things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for him, it was mostly because he called me a fag most of my life, mm-hmm. right? So he wanted to make sure his son wasn't gay, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just exploration with women. And if, if you did Ooh. that, did but I think not. he was really, as an adult, I think he was talking about himself, so, yeah. right? But we don't notice his kids, mm-hmm. right? Most of the time, our our, our parents are mirroring their fears yeah, that who they are, for sure. right? Um, my stepfather, you know, who I want to say right now is a good dude, but was not at that time, better relationship today than it was then. Um, 
But also kind of in a journey, not as explicit, but he was super abusive toward my mother, both physically, sexual assault, you know, et cetera. You know, it is what it is. Um, so I learned that journey from him, right? But God bless my mom, because I learned her journey and was like, yo, we need to respect women. You shouldn't. And so I become basically a, uh, a superhero to my mother, right? So I'm fighting the opposition in that relationship for both my fathers and trying to protect my mom, even as a kid, not knowing what that is, right? I just know it's harmful. Um, but again, they both put me on a journey to disrespect women um, and mostly hate myself, right? Because that's also what's being reflected through that space. It wasn't until really my third father, my stepdad, um, who was really cool, Interesting piece, we, we learned later, like he, he also kind of imprinted on me to respect women. Um, he also imprinted on me to respect the LGBT community, not understanding why at some point. Um, and and I'll, this story, I remember I was in sixth grade, um, and maybe six, maybe sixth or seventh grade, and I was sitting on the bed. He made me mad, and I called him a fag. Mm-hmm. And he got mad at me, and I, this is the first time he ever grounded me, right? And I was like, the fuck you mad about? It's just a word. We do later find out he's gay. Mm. But what was more interesting is that I didn't understand what a fag was because I've mm. already called it, right? I just know it's, it, it just makes you mad, right? Yeah. But we later have this other conversation um, and just engagement through he took time to start to educate me, right? So again, negative responses and the shit that men do to little boys. So when we were having a conversation about consent mm. and somebody said, well, you should be able to learn consent from a man. And I was like, should you? Shit, not the men I know. You don't want your boys learning. You don't want your girls learning what consent is from the men I know, Mm -hmm. right? So I learned consent from the women. Mm -hmm. And even some of that, as we journey through that, you know, Mm -hmm. I learned that some of the women who were teaching me consent was a little off too, Mm -hmm. right? So I, but I can only speak to my experience and I hope that listeners are listening or they're watching and we, we sit back and think about what we do as adults to children in front of children even if it's unintentional. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's lessons to be learned. Because I think sometimes sometimes people are predators. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes people do things and they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it changes the person that you're doing it to. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if that's that's kind of what you wanted to hear, but I'm just I'm like, y'all, y'all have any thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of have a curiosity question of just for um for you all as parents, and I know Amira, you've mentioned that you want to have kids eventually. Eventually. Do Later. you or did you or consider talking up to the parents of the people that your daughter or your sons will be dating, like their parents, about the conversations that they're having with their kids? Mm. Mm. Is that something that you all ever considered or talked about? Or I, You know, I, I didn't, um, and primarily because... Suge didn't really have, like, a whole lot of relationships. Mm, You know, when she got her first heartbreak in eighth grade, you know, she's a lot like like me. I'm like, you know, look, I don't like how that feels, so I'm not going to, like, do that a whole lot. So Mm -hmm. I don't really think that we had a lot of opportunity um, to to do that. But, you know, even still, I don't know that I would have thought to even have a conversation like that with another parent. So yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, you know, we only got one, so we don't have another one to try. Uh, yeah. you know, with the- <laughs> Is that something you think you would consider doing? Because I, I just hear you all talk a lot about, like, the parents really play a role in this. And you even mentioned, you know, the parents, the way that the parent talks to the kid influences how the kid is going to, go out into the world and experience. So if you mm. put a lot of self-worth into your daughter, then you teach them that um, they're getting it from home, so they don't have to seek it out up in other places. And the same thing with, like, a son. If you put a lot into them around consent, then the women that they engage with are going to have positive experiences versus mm. the negative experience that you mentioned. So I just wonder what it would have been like if, you know, my first love, like when I had this boyfriend in high school, if our parents would have got together mm. and had a conversation of, well, this is what I'm talking to my daughter about. And what are you telling your son? Because eventually they're going to get together and we need to make sure we're on the same page as parents, mm. that we're giving them the same information.
You know, that would almost be a complete and total culture shift. Mm-hmm. That's what I was saying. Right? Thinking. I was like, damn, that's a lot of work. Like, that's going to, yeah, that's going to take It's probably community. way better than what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like, oh, when you think you like somebody, bring her over to Athena so she could get tested. We can oh, talk about yeah. birth control and I can control this piece. Like, don't, uh-huh. she got a depo shot today. Don't touch it for seven days. Like, this is where we are in my house. So yeah. it would probably be better for me to just contact her mom. I'm going to make note about that. Tell her to meet me in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> Another thing that you kind of bring up being a doctor um, is and the birth control, especially when you're raising sons. As a sex educator, I always like to talk to uh, young men about what birth control looks like. Yeah. And that you can actually tell, you don't have to trust someone's word when they mm-hmm. say I'm on birth control mm-hmm. and, and you feel like you're going to get trapped. Like, you don't have to trust that. You can look for it. Do you know how to find the strings of mm-hmm. an IUD? Yep. Do yep. you know that the Nuva ring is supposed to stay in and what it feels like? Mm-hmm. Can you feel for an implant? Like, yeah. these are things that you, having that knowledge as an OBGYN, get to equip your sons with. That is pretty dope. Don't let her put in an okie doke. She said she got this. Look for the little right. thing. Oh, check the pill pack. Exactly. Yeah. If today yes. is Friday and it's, she got Monday pill in there, don't do it. Don't Make sure do the pills are match. Right. Yeah. Real so tough. that's cool. Well, I, you know what? And I, I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know how long we're supposed to go. We but gotta, I, We got to wrap up. All right. <laughs> There's a cue right there. Okay, cue. Cue. Wrap up. Quiet, y'all. Yeah, yeah, you know, the next segment is going to be about, you know, if it's if it's all that scary, why are people doing it? Mm-hmm. And and I think that was an important point that I made is that sex can be enjoyable. You also have to be responsible, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for yourself and value yourself and value your body and value who you are before. Yeah. you just casually give it out. It's fine if you want to casually do it, but understand that there are consequences to it as yeah. well. So there are benefits and there are consequences mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So as so we crazy. wrap and we okay. walk out I'm here, no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna go to you, mm-hmm. ask this last mm-hmm. question, this about to go and let's do it. Let's do a thirty second rotation. So ask the question, thirty seconds to answer. 30. Everybody get thirty seconds to answer, and then we're gonna walk out of okay. here. Okay. So my question, because what you mentioned about just like giving freely, um, did you ever, did you all ever talk to Sugar about the double standard in that sense, like in the sense of when boys are sexually promiscuous, they are kind of seen as kind of a hero. It's definitely yeah. encouraged for girls doing it. Then you're a hoe. Like, have, did you all have that conversation with her? I did not intentionally because. I don't think that way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm, but I'm more of a protective person. So I, I, my thing is, should you know, if you're if you're gonna wear or you know use your body in this way, make sure that you're doing it for you and understand what's coming, what the intention is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, and maybe I should have, but no, I never really looked at it because I. I see sex as sex. If if you are promiscuous, unless you a hoe for me is a whore. You're a sex worker, mm. right? So don't get me wrong. I grew up calling women hoes because who didn't? And we didn't. We learn and correct ourselves, right? <laughs> who didn't? But the reality for me, like if I call somebody a hoe, you probably doing the most and should be paid for what you're doing, mm. right? Dang. <laughs> but I mean, that's just that's just how no. I think. Right, but it's you're a professional. The profession in you're Greece a professional. You're a professional. There it is. Yeah. Do what you do. So I, I don't really see it like that. I just see, you know, if you're promiscuous, period, male, female, right? It's a thing you need to protect yourself. But I'm also the person who said I didn't have a whole lot of sex partners, mm-hmm. and I believe sex is about having a third conversation that most people don't prepare themselves for. Right? It's it's us engaging at at. At a whole trajectical, what is that word? Trajectory? Yeah, there we go. Trajectory. That's like trajectory and testicle. At the same time. We're going to run them both. I like that. Let's get it. But I just think it's a higher level conversation. That's my 30 seconds. Man, that was 48.5 seconds. That was What was the question? Did y'all talk about the About the double standard? You know, I don't know that I did a great job with it, but I did talk about the double standard. That, you know, if if you sleep with a lot of people, you know, that they're going to see you because you're a female, you know, as a 
loose, whole, whatever it, whatever it is. Um, and that dudes don't get that same thing. So I'm like, if you do what you're going to do, protect yourself, but understand that this is still where we are yeah. in, in the culture. So it was, it was that. And tr- trying to do that in a way that wasn't shaming was very hard because my mother did that. You know, you don't talk about other people being a whore, you a whore. You know, it's like, I just did it like <laughs> one time. You know? <laughs> So, so yes, I don't know if it was done in a way that was very well done, mm-hmm. but it's like this is a possibility here. And by the way, he was really like one of the best, safest dudes on campus. Like I was in his room for three weeks and he never touched me. And I mean, it was just straight, straight conversation. Okay. So like when, the way Miguel it's comes possible. off like here, they're going to be like, how you get married and stay married? He was probably one of the most respectful and safe people. So he not only kept his mom safe, he was known to be one of the safest dudes. Girls get drunk and pass out in his room and know that nobody's going to be on top of them mm-hmm. when they wake up. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's, it's legit. It's very legit. It's mm-hmm. And it sucks yeah, that we have yeah. to give men props for doing that. Yeah, right. To me, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, that's dope. Uh, you want to go first? No, go ahead. So I was just going to wrap with saying, like, shout out to moms and dad. You know, he did what he could. They both did what they could. But, like, you know, I look forward to the future when sexuality and conversations around it is neutral and we're not speaking or talking to our kids already, like, sexualizing them and putting our fears into them about, you know, the stages and the journey of becoming a more sexual human being. I mean, like, Miguel, you said it, like, since since the jump, like, since I was born, I'm just like, yeah, like, sex is how we got here. Like, we, <laughs> I don't want to say, like, the world revolves around sex to an extent, but when are we going to get and move closer to just having neutral conversations. I remember, like, try, I was flexing my leg, trying to show my dad, like, that touch is, like, solid. Yeah. <laughs> Love my legs. He was like, ew, no. Like, I don't want to touch you. I'm like, oh, you just sexualized this whole experience. It did not have to even be like that. But, you know, as an adult, I talk to my mom even more than I did before. Like, I'll be like, mom, like, I did this, and he slipped in my ass, and, like, I don't know, things are weird. And she's like, well, back when I did that, I'm like, what? (laughs) What you mean back when you did that? Why wouldn't you could have prevented this whole situation? So I just look forward to when we move into that space and into that comfort. And y'all give me hope. Y'all give me hope. Let's get it. That's gay. That's gay. Uh, Happy Pride. All right. Um, I mean, approaching it from a pleasure standpoint, obviously I believe that everyone deserves the right to feel pleasure. And I look forward to a world where we don't have a double standard. Mm -hmm. I do recognize that there's the consequences for women who understand that they deserve pleasure too. And in whatever way that looks like, whether I deserve, I I like to have multiple partners, or I like to have one partner. Um, I look forward to a world where everyone can accept themselves for where they are in their journey, and that the labels kind of disappear. Yeah, and we just people. Let's go. I appreciate it. This has been awesome. I hope those you are listening, you learned something, um, want to learn more, send us a comment, send us a message. You can contact any of us um, through our social media. We might throw it up on the screen. Somebody might answer, somebody might not. But here, more so. Sliding in my DM. I was going to say, don't be sliding in my DM. Just comment on a picture. (laughs) I do hope that you go back and think about your own experience as as you've grown up and, and what your introduction was to your sexuality your sensuality and sex as a whole and if you have children or are planning to have children how do you engage this conversation with them do you start late you know do you start early uh, we appreciate you this is common convo let's talk about sex and we'll see you in the next episode see you Ooh. next time peace and chicken grease <laughs> let's get it this program is supported by the health equity innovation hub at the university of louisville the views expressed are not necessarily those of the funder